0: This is Dr. Jay Calvert. Dr. Ravello and I are sitting here today talking about a case that we just did. Dr. Ravello, how are you?
1: I'm doing excellent. How are you?
0: I'm good. i i I noticed that this is some pre-birthday celebration going on here.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I was going to be really good this week and, like, eat my salads and work out and, like, save the birthday extravaganza for the actual birthday, and I'm realizing that's just not going to happen. It's going to be, like, a birthday week of, no, I, of cake and could, goodies. <laughs> judging
0: by the thick coating of cream cheese frosting <laughs> on that bundt cake, <laughs> I th- I think... It, it's not going to happen. It's the way not going to
1: happen. No, I think that today starts the birthday week celebrations.
0: <laughs> you know what you got to do? You just got to double sesh with your, uh, with your man Justin over at Equinox. <laughs> that's, that's what you got to do. It
1: may I be what has to happen. He's going
0: he's gonna to need to get involved.
1: Yes. I wonder if he'll be there at 4 a.m. <laughs> no. <laughs> he,
0: he would actually. Knowing him, <laughs> he, he I, I think just in the brief time that uh, I've chatted with him, I think he'll, he'll he do what you got to do. We're going to talk about a case that we just did and, and something that I've been doing you know for quite some time, but it's become a, uh, it's become a major part of plastic surgery, which is facial feminization uh, for transgender patients.
1: Right. And this, yes, you are correct. This is a case we just did recently. Um, and I have been seeing a decent amount of transgender patients over the past couple of years. Um, and I think a lot of plastic surgeons are seeing a similar trend. And this is In part because over the past few years, insurance requirements have lifted in terms of what they provide coverage for. So now it is a requirement, it's a federal requirement that insurance companies do have to approve certain surgeries for transgender patients. And this could be male to female, female to male, but it is a requirement now, the same way they would cover, you know, um, open heart surgery or gallbladder or whatever. And there's also a growing understanding and recognition of gender dysphoria in the transgender population. And so it's becoming more popular among these patients to seek out surgery. So I think those are the reasons we're really seeing a lot more of these cases. Um, And so when you're talking about transgender surgeries, there's a whole host of surgeries that you can do and we could spend multiple podcasts talking about the different options. But the one that we are talking about today in particular is facial feminization. So this is a patient who has a male facies and wishes to look more female and the different options that are available to do that.
0: Right. And and every case has to be customized because, number one, people look very different. Different aspects are more masculine or more feminine depending on the way that the patient is built and there are the options I think are extensive but what you want to do is you and how I kind of approach this is I just ask them what what bothers you what would you like to see like give me the directions for what will make you feel more comfortable more at home more more yourself based on what's going on for you aesthetically.
1: Yeah, and patients are usually pretty good at telling you exactly what bothers them about their face. But then there's also patients that really don't know. Um, They don't have the eye to see, you know, what needs to be done. All they can tell you is that I look like a man and I wish to look more female. But they couldn't really tell you specifically how that could happen. They just know that it's possible and they ask just, you know, do whatever you think needs to be done.
0: Do your worst. Do your worst.
1: (laughs) And to be fair, you know, there are, I mean, plenty of papers and studies in the plastic surgery and facial plastic literature that specifically evaluates what makes a male skull typically male and what a female skull typically looks like. And they are very different. There are very obvious differences. And so that's usually the starting point for facial feminization is working on the bony framework of the face to change what is considered typically male and turn it into more specifically female. And then once you've had the bony structure addressed then you can go on to do the more soft tissue cosmetic-y kind of procedures like the brow lifts the blepharoplasties you know lip surgeries cheek fillers neck lifts things like that but you have to first address the bony anatomy of the skull and the face as a starting point
0: so let's look at some of those things what if you're like I am have a male face, and you can look right at it. I mean, you can see I have a more prominent brow, and that's not just the eyebrows. I'm talking about the the frontal bone of the forehead. That is a very common area for for a male face to look masculine. Yeah. So making the brow and the forehead m- more softer, reducing that that bossing through you know a, a various. Uh, set of techniques I think is one of the most important aspects in, in facial feminization.
1: Oh I, I couldn't agree more. The, the forehead and you know the eyebrows from, from basically from the eyebrows and the top of the nose to the hairline um, is a very distinctive part of the male face um, and addressing that makes a huge difference in softening and feminizing the face. And then working your way down from the forehead, then you start getting into the cheeks, which um, in men are actually a little bit larger. But in women, they tend to be more full because they have more fat and prominence on their cheekbones from soft tissue fat as opposed to underlying bony width differences. And then going down towards the jaw, that's where you also are going to see a very significant change between the two skulls and the faces male and female. Men tend to have wider, more broader jaw lines. So that angle of the jaw right below the ear in men is typically very square, 90 degree angles, whereas in women it's more of um, a soft curve. And that's a very distinctive shape. And then just the width of the jaw itself tends to be smaller um, and come to more of a point in the female chin as opposed to the male chin, which tends to be broader and more square. So those are all areas that are addressed as well. And then working your way down from the chin into the neck, obviously men have an Adam's apple, which is just a prominent part of their trachea uh, that women do not have. Um, and that's typically addressed um, at this time as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, well, the, yeah, that thyroid cartilage shave is kind of a, a key point. Yes. I mean,
1: that's really key. Because um, I think that definitely um, can be a giveaway. You know, even if you have the really great facial feminization, but you have this persistent thyroid cartilage or Adam's apple, um, that usually is kind of sort of a, a key piece of the,
0: the puzzle there and one of the things that I do a fair amount is nasal feminization.
1: Yes. That, that is the next step. We did the bones and we didn't talk about the nose, but that is a very, very important structure.
0: I'll tell you, I have seen some, and and unfortunately (laughs) I tend to get these patients for a revisional nasal feminization. Mm. They don't seem to make it here for the primary. And I'm, I wish they would because I've seen some really problematic, bad attempts at Mm. nasal feminization.
1: That's unfortunate. Um, And I think it just has to do sort of with, I don't know, maybe sort of the way that surgeons are trained and sort of how these cases get split up amongst different specialties. Because a lot of times... um, Surgeons that are very equipped and very good at working on the bony framework of the face, they're craniofacial surgeons or they're, you know, um, surgeons that are used to working on the foreheads and facial trauma and jaw bones are not necessarily trained or do a lot of um, aesthetic rhinoplasty. And that's usually a different subset of surgeons. So that's probably where you're seeing some of the discrepancies, if I had to
0: guess. I'll tell you. I mean, the last patient that I did a revision for really had a bad nose job. Not like they missed on the aesthetics. Like, it just was, like, ruined. Mm. Like, really bad. And, you know, she had said that she went to the, you know, the guy that is known for facial feminization surgery. And, I mean, I had to do a full reconstruction and make it, Look more feminine right. as well because they missed that part as well. But it was just so ruined, and I think you know the, and, and I've I've had multiple patients who've had problems. Like I had a patient who is a facial feminization patient uh, who uh, had med pore in, in her nose. It's it just, it's just awful. Like coming through the skin, infected, disaster. So it is really important that you get to somebody who knows what they're doing in terms of these operations, not just from the, the aesthetic, but from the technical aspect.
1: And there's a lot to these surgeries. Um, and I know a lot of these patients want all of it done at once because, you know, one surgery and one recovery. But, no. but you really can't, and it's very important to understand that these are stage surgeries. You're going to have multiple surgeries. Um, it's really not something that can all be done at once. We can do a big chunk of it up front, but you are going to need probably a second surgery and then maybe another third touch-up here and there. and so. Typically, start with the bones, get the bones reduced, do the rhinoplasty, get that feminizing rhinoplasty, and then come back and we can start doing the soft tissue stuff, tracheal shave, some of the more aesthetic contouring procedures. So in the one that we did last week, that's basically what we did. We did the forehead reduction, the chin and jaw reduction, and the feminizing rhinoplasty. Um, and a little bit of a brow lift as well because we were there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that was a sizable operation. (laughs) It wasn't nothing. (laughs) as the patient can attest to. (laughs) Coronal, you know, exposure where you literally make a cut from ear to ear to peel down the entire forehead, expose the, the frontal bone, do your contouring, your burring then do the side winding brow lift that we were able to get done doing mandibular exposure through the mouth through the chin taking down as much bone as you know we need to to make it look nice and then a feminizing rhinoplasty which you know is not you know not trivial but you know I think to feminize the nose is there's certain things you do you lower the bridge a little bit you get the radix <laughs> down make a make a little bit more of a curve tip up the nose a bit and you can get a much more feminine looking nose with you know in a controlled fashion you don't want to go crazy and give some pixie nose that just looks wacko but
1: because we are we were feminizing the face but the face is still going to retain a certain um width and size to it so the nose still has to match the face of course um so you know you can't take it down to this cute little pixie or super tiny stylized nose you got to just really take away the things that make it obviously male make it a nice pretty nose that still fits the size and aesthetic of the face
0: yeah it has to fit the patient too i mean there's ethnicity factors that you have to pay attention to and
1: and then the, after, you know, you like we did the, the bony work on this patient, uh, she will come back in three to six months, and we can start doing some of the soft tissue stuff. Um, this could include liposuction of the chin to define the jawline a little bit better to really sculpt out the neck, um, plus minus some fat grafting or cheek implants to the cheeks to really make those a little more pronounced. Um, we already did the brow lift possible blepharoplasties, and these are all soft tissue things that could be done to continue to reshape the face. Um, sometimes in these patients we have to address the hairline.
0: Um, yes, that's I was that gonna would, bring that up.
1: Yeah it's you know, a lot of times the male hairline sits back a little bit farther, so bringing it forehead, Sorry, bringing it forward, reducing the height of the forehead um, can definitely be a feminizing feature. But it's also important to take into account, like with the incision that we did for our forehead reduction on this patient, you have to take into account is this patient going to have male pattern balding in the future? And if so, you have to take that into account when you're. Planning your scars because if this patient in 10, 15 years goes bald, now all of a sudden these scars are very, very visible. So that's where you have to. So even the full hair of head now, you do have to ask, you know, what's the male pattern balding in your family?
0: Absolutely. And especially if, you know, if you, if you do a, a hairline advancement. That scar is front and center. Mm-hmm. It is right across the, the, forehead. the forehead. Yeah. You know, when you're trying to make a five head, it back into a forehead. <laughs> but if, that's going, if that hairline's going to recede,
1: you're going to see that trouble. scar. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: not going to be good. Yeah. So I definitely hear you on that. Um, yeah. I mean, those are sort of the facial feminization uh, procedures that I think are really key. And I think you can get really nice results for patients, but it's all about customization. You know, it's, it's making the diagnosis, communicating with your patient in a very clear manner, listening carefully, and then making a, a plan that will create the look that they really want.
1: Absolutely. And with the knowledge um, and understanding between the patient and the, and the surgeon that this is a process and you got to get on board and it's not going to happen overnight and it's going to take a little while and there are going to be multiple steps to it. Um, and just got to be okay with that.
0: Yeah, it is a project. It's not a one and done. No, wham bam, thank you ma'am kind of deal. You have to look at it as like a an artistic endeavor to really create the look that that they want.
1: Right. And then in terms of the timing of the procedure, uh, everyone's a little bit different. You know, people come and say, "Well, what you know?" If I'm in the process of um, transitioning. Which surgery should I have first, and it really it just comes down to the patient, you know what bothers you the most, yeah. like what makes you the most uncomfortable with your body? so if it's the face, then do the face first, if it's the body or the breasts or the genitals, do that first. there's no necessarily right or wrong order to do it um, it's just whatever whatever bothers you the most.
0: I agree. go after the main the main event first yeah. and and then you can fill in all the rest because that that will really allow for, you know, the patient to feel, you know, comfortable and feel like they're going in the right direction. And I think it's, it's really important. Um, it's important to really kind of think that through and make the the plan of those stages so that there, everybody knows where we're going, right. right. you won't know how to get there if you don't know where you're going first Mm. so you need to know where you're going and then you can figure out how to get there
1: said one very wise man
0: i guess so (laughs) 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 well that was great i really appreciate the uh, discussion dr ravello uh and enjoy your birthday week thank you and this is the beverly hills plastic surgery podcast coming to you from the 90210 Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Rovello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Rovello, what's your website?
1: My website is RovelloPlasticSurgery.com and the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355.
0: And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.